Well, all right. Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Bomb City Podcast. My name is Nick, and on this episode, I went down to Hollister, California to interview Phil Leonard, or Serrarium, as you might know is uh, his handle on Instagram. Now, I, I asked how to pronounce that when I'm down there, so if you're too shy to ask, I did it for you. You're welcome. <laughs> this episode's great, man. I had so much fun. Phil is an awesome guy, super talented, and very knowledgeable about paint and paint techniques, so we geeked out on all of that. I hope you guys dig it. Here it is, episode 21, Phil Leonard, a.k.a. Serrarium. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> cool. Cool. I don't know. So are you from uh, from Hollister originally? So I was born and raised in San Jose. Oh, in San Jose. Yeah, and then uh, my family lived in San Martin for a bit, a couple years. And then, well, more than a couple years. And then we moved down to Hollister. So yeah. Kind of similar to now, like you can move down here from up there, like sell your stuff. So my yeah. my parents are originally from Los Gatos, so when they moved down here, when there wasn't much, so been here I think almost thirty years. Wow. Thirty, thirty years, yeah. So I was a little dude when we, when we came down here. Yeah, so it's neat. Yeah, uh, a lot has changed in Hollister since then. It's crazy. Yeah, it was like such a smaller, smaller town, you know. It seems pretty rad. Like we're we're here in your in your art space here. Like across the street, there's an upholstery shop, there's a machine shop around the yeah. corner, bike stuff everywhere, tattoo yeah. shops. No, it's neat. It, it, it definitely has that small time vibe, and everyone you know is like really rooted in the community for the most part. You know, like that's what's kind of cool. Is Hollister is not like a pit stop. It's like a more of a destination, <laughs> maybe not like a prize destination, but <laughs> you know, like it, it has a lot of stuff, at least for the culture. I mean, agriculture and farming and like rodeos and stuff. It's off the hook. I think people love it for that. But for what you just mentioned, like the, the culture stuff, there's not a whole bunch of it going on. So that's what they're trying to really put downtown and try and try and make that happen, you know? So that's, it's fun to watch. So that's cool. It's pretty cool. I, I think most people probably know Hollister by the, the bike show that was down here. Sure. Yeah, the, the 4th of July rally. Yeah, it was yeah. Cool. Which is odd because it's completely died off and it's not yeah. even like an event anymore. So it's kind of unique. Hollister sometimes uh, tries to overmanage things like that and yeah. not let it like manifest naturally. You know, <laughs> So it's, yeah. it's kind of hard. I thought it was over completely I guess I just stopped hearing about it no it is done so they they, they, they don't even do uh, like um, what do you say like an official rally or whatever it's yeah. just I think a lot of bikes show up and they just kind of mosey around town but there's <laughs> no like event t-shirts or nothing like that so interesting yeah, my, my mother-in-law she was a she vended you know we, we had Charlotte's Web but even before yeah. that she was a vendor for a like she saw leather goods and stuff mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. she used to be a seamstress and so she has all these great stories about coming out to Hollister and like sleeping on the sidewalk during the show <laughs> under the table at the booth. Oh man, when when I was a kid, like a teenager, the rally was fucking off the hook, dude. Like, I remember uh, one year we were partying on Main Street at a friend's house, and like, you got everything. You got bikes stopping in, slamming beers, doing burnouts. I remember this. It was a uh, like an '80s dually thing stopped, and it was super decked out and it was like on airbags and uh, the dude stopped and just fucking blew all four of his tires off dude like right in front of the house it was but it was just like that, that like the rally at that time it was wild you know and then right after the 50th anniversary i think it kind of just folks got a little scared of people having too much fun which yeah. seems to be the case anywhere anymore you know so yeah. people get turned off by a lot of people doing one thing at, at one time <laughs> you know there's see a power struggle or whatever you know yeah. so yeah, it was it was big like way before biker culture was like a mainstream thing. Oh yeah, man, for sure. And then you know, like uh, I think you know, 
oddly enough, like what people broadcast on TV and stuff, they're always going to showcase the bad things and never like, you know, I, I remember that they always cracked me up that the reports after were like, oh, we only had eight DUI. We only had this many arrests. And it's like, why don't you say about the other 60,000 people that came and had a fucking blast and went home fine to their families, to their kids and chalked it up as a badass weekend, you know? So I always hated that, you know, it was like. You're you're the kind of people that are killing this good time, you know. So, but I suppose people need something to dwell on. Right. <laughs> you know? but, but it was fun. It was cool. And now it's just dead. Uh, the city Hollister they um, they demand a security deposit uh, for secure a security deposit for security. And I, I don't quote me, but it's like 180 grand because they want like so many you know probation so many ATF so many like everybody it's it's really just like killed the event so any sponsor that comes in and says hey I, I, I like the show I want to step in front of it and it'll be Bomb City Blog Rally they're like okay cool well this is what we require for you to put it on and it's like everyone just kind of laughs in their face yeah say see you later you know yeah <laughs> so that's what happened I think but that's the layman's the, yeah. the, the, the layman's run down you know so yeah, I, aside from the bikes it also seems like a pretty good place to be in old cars like I know I've driven down here to, to pick up parts before like when I was sure. pulling in there's sure. like an old truck old car there's like a early 50s Stella DeSoto wagon in a parking lot around the corner yeah yeah no it's neat there's a lot of cars you know I mean especially the, it seems like since you know I mean Dead end's been around forever, but it's kind of neat. Like the community has grown with them, you know. So like, there's a ton of, like, we just had a street festival a couple weeks ago, and you see so many like custom cars. And it's funny you said DeSoto because uh, I happened to be a judge for the street festival, oh, yeah. and they gave me a uh, best pre-war, which I thought was fun because I'm like crazy graphics guy, you know. And I was like, hell yeah, like we'll pick best pre-war, and I picked a like a bone stock DeSoto, but it was air ride slam, like laid rocker. And it was really, really cool. And it was neat to see that the the gaps being bridged a little bit. Cause you know, there's usually like your stock there in DeSoto untouched and then your Impala or whatever, your, you know, your, your low rider. But it's neat that the community is kind of, you're, you're starting to see a lot of these folks pop up that have these like mild customs and they're blending both, you know, cause that's not a, huge thing Holster's known for is chopping up cars and, right. and all that kind of thing you know so as far as the culture side of it but it's cool it's fun to see do you feel like Hollister has like its own sort of like car identity like can you spot a Hollister car no <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, I mean if you're in Hollister you can spot a Hollister like if you're from Hollister like, oh yeah I see that car every Friday or whatever <laughs> but if a Hollister car goes to you know cruise telegraph or something like that it's, you're gonna be like ah, I don't, I've never seen that in my life you know so there's no there's no real identity down here you know but if you're gonna get into like a 1978 C-10 pickup like a square body like they're a dime a dozen they're lifted <laughs> it's actually you know? but they're tight I mean I, I love those kind of trucks too like anything that has style is cool you know I don't I don't leave it just as like one one specific car style you know so but no there's no <laughs> no big identity man they just kind of pop up here and there you know but it's also neat because it is like kind of the tail end of like the one-on-one valley it's neat you, like you, you get all kinds of folks like there's some dudes here that are super low rider you know with like 87 monte carlos and shit like that but then there's other dudes you know like Anthony Lamonis is down here and he does suspension work and 
chop tops and everything, you know, and then I'm a painter. Uh, there's a couple other guys in town that are super, like, really skilled and they do a lot of stuff. So it's it's kind of neat, like, it's off the beaten path, but there's a lot of folks here, you know, that are doing some neat things with cars. So it's cool. It's fun to see. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned the, the Lamonas. Yeah. Yeah, he's just, like, seven blocks that way, probably. Oh, yeah. Seven, eight blocks that way, yeah. I was going to say, like, I've seen your work for a while. I think we mm -hmm. met it next to each other at yeah. some point yeah, early yeah. on. Yeah. But uh, I think that, like, Erica and, and yeah. Erica and Anthony, yeah. the 67, is, like, one of the first big... Yeah, that was, like, the, that was the, the very first car that I painted the entire car, you know? Yeah. Like, I had done some... Like roof jobs on that. Richie and Anthony had that ranch wagon, the blue one. That was fun. But yeah, that was the first complete car I painted. Yeah. Like from bodywork to paint to everything. And Anthony gave me a great head start. Like him and his dad, Joe, they did a, a lot of the, they welded up all the trim, door handles, a lot of the emblems and stuff. So, and it was, it was a pretty straightforward car. Like it had been, I think they got it from like an older lady who had had it forever. So, the passenger side had a bunch of dings and dentures because you probably couldn't see. But <laughs> the driver side was cool. Uh, but no, it, it was neat. It was cool. That was that was a fun car, and it just went, yeah. went, went. It, it went. It was so, it was it was so cool to see it like be well received. I guess you know. I mean, not why we painted it to please anybody, but sure. it was just like cause it was purple and there's some lavenders and pinks, you know, and right. you know. But it was just fun to paint something from start to finish and like looking back years now like I look at pictures of the 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 car in in Lowrider and I can see that the trunk is all tiger striped and stuff you know so it's just like look. but it's neat I mean that was part of the evolution and um, a lot of people a lot of people liked it it was it was pretty cool you know there was a lot of kind of 60s vibes going on there so it turned out great when you when you started on it do you have like a cohesive idea of what you wanted or no not really uh I think I think it was some of his really early work, but Anthony had brought some pictures, Richie Baez mm -hmm. down in LA. He he had done an El Camino and an Impala and from the literally like the two tone of the car was flake on top mm -hmm. and the bottom was graphics and it just looked so dope. It looked like two different cars like merged into one, you know, and an El Camino has like a great belt line and those Impalas sometimes like the back curves along the door, they have a great belt line too. So we, we wanted to do something like that, but it just kind of evolved and we started just following the lines of the car. Like those cars are pretty cool. And there's only so many ways you can lay out a car. I mean, a lot of it is repetitive and been done before. I mean, I'm sure I copied somebody's front fender exactly, but I didn't know. It's kind of impossible <laughs> yeah. not to. I mean, you know, it, and it's, it, it, it is like, you can get creative with layouts and patterns and textures and depth and stuff, but I mean, it's a very popular thing to do, so it's hard to be 100% original, you know, so. But that was a really neat car. And then it was cool to try and like purposefully do something that uh, was good, you know, because that's always a hard thing with cars too. Like, however, with cars and artwork, and artwork, I love the flaws, and cars, you get crucified over flaws, you know, so it's like a lot of my, my, my personal artwork, the paintings and surfboards and skateboards and stuff like that. Like, I don't mind that you can see the, the hand done, uh, yeah. you know, fonts. Cause it's like, yeah, I didn't do the machine. I didn't use a stencil or whatever, you know, but the car stuff, man, you gotta be like razor sharp with everything. And some people I think enjoy picking stuff apart more than admiring it, you know, with cars. So <laughs> it's easier. <laughs> it's, it's like a sport, you know? So, but, uh, but it was neat to try and do my best on that, you know? And, 
I didn't stripe it just because I didn't feel like my skills at that time were, were where they should be to pull some lines down a car. Uh, a guy here local did, but it was, it was neat, you know. It was it was a fun product, you know, so it's cool. And then, like, the best part to see them smash that car everywhere, like, yeah. 85, 90 miles an hour, you know, like, they didn't give a shit. Like, they treated it like it was primered. So right. it's like, that's the best part, you know, you see a badass car like that flying down the freeway with low baby tires and shit, you know? It's like, yeah, they're crazy, you know? I was thinking about that driving down here because I think the first time I saw it painted, it was, it was green before and then, then you guys mm -hmm. finished it. Mm -hmm. And the first time I saw it was at, uh, it was like downtown Oakland during our one of our cruise nights. Yeah, yeah. Like, Jesus Christ, these people <laughs> drive a lot. It's like a yep. three-hour round trip. Yep. I remember it was, it was a... Uh, one of the things that sticks in my brain as a cool memory, right when we, right when we got it done, we took it to the roaster show, mm -hmm. and uh, me and Anthony and Erica had worked all day, but me and Anthony and Erica left on like a Wednesday night to be there a Thursday or whatever it is, and uh, and Joe went with us too, and uh, me and Anthony super tired, we fell asleep, and then Erica starts driving, and like we wake up and she's going faster than we were, like <laughs> fucking hauling ass, like uh, we went through Ventura, you know, so it's not like the grapevine, but it's still some pretty good hills. Yeah. And then that's when we're like, yeah, the, the name is definitely solidified. It's like, this thing's still going 85 on a trailer, you know, because it, it was it was uh, super rainy. And we were like, that's the last thing we needed, some bad luck in the rain or something. So, But that was the only time it was ever on a trailer was going to the roaster show. So, But yeah, that, that, that I don't think that car knew life below 60 or, you know what I'm saying? Unless they're around town, like, that was the best part, dude. It's just, and, and it wasn't Anthony... Or Erica, it was both of them just fucking hauling ass the whole time. It was pretty cool. <laughs> it's pretty cool. That reminds me, we were driving. Uh, my wife was driving her car back from Santa Maria, I think, a few yeah. years ago. Probably a lot more than a few years ago, actually. Goes by quick. It does. And yeah, they they came by like waved and just <laughs> flew past us. Yeah, that's. I mean, and and I get it. Like, you know, before I met them, I was just cruiser. You know, what's like I like that part. Is like going fast and. And uh, I mean, being responsible, of course, you know, it's never about like being an asshole on the streets and like getting people to call you a jerk. But, you know, like I, I love that part, man. It's just like, oh, you're supposed to drive it. You know, like that's the coolest part. Like I, I love, you know, seeing them in the garage, but it's like, it's pretty cool to see them out on the freeway getting it, you know, that's cool. For sure. That's cool. And then too, like that car held up super well. I mean, I remember they went to uh, San Diego yeah. in that car and made killer time. And Anthony like loaded up the trunk with like, two spare tires, jacks, everything, and they were still just kicking ass, you know? That was cool. And it's a super bummer, because now I think the car sits in uh, somewhere in the East Bay. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, Indian dude bought it, and uh, he just said he collected cars. Wow. So he's like, no, I just have a little small kind of museum thing at the house, and that's what it's going to do. Whatever. Yeah, you know, so... Yes, I think it's actually just the other day I was like hey man you ever wish you had a back he's like oh every day you know that was I'll never build one because I mean he, he did like all the trim he polished I mean everything like to the nines you know and uh, he was like I'll never do one like that again it was a headache you know? <laughs> but no that was a neat car but hey it's all about the ride you know it's not you, you, you can build more you know right. so but that was fun that was a neat car I learned a lot I remember I was, uh, I'd cleared it one time, and you know, it's got all kinds of tape edges from all the buildup and stuff, and that car didn't even have flake. I don't even think at that time I was really spraying flake too much, because I really didn't know how. And uh, uh, 
it sat wet sanded because I was scared to clear it again. You know, because I was like, oh man, dude, like you're lucky you've gotten this far. <laughs> like you're gonna fuck this thing up, dude. You know, so it sat like in the middle of summer. And Anthony was just like, are you gonna reclear it? Are you gonna what? I was like, yeah. I mean, I'm working up to it. You know, like give me some time. You know, <laughs> and the second time around, I, I I blew some clear on it, but it was it was good. Like luckily, I mean, never really any big issues on that thing other than you know some tape bleeds or something like that here and there but nothing no catastrophic bubbles or wrinkles or anything like that you know that's awesome yeah always makes it funner when you don't got to go backwards right. <laughs> yeah. right on. so you said that was your first full paint job and before that you did roofs uh yeah, how'd, you get, how'd you get started spraying car paint just self-taught you know uh as a kid you know i had done some fabrication work like you know the airbags and always like welding and that kind of stuff and um, just could never pay someone else to paint a car of course you know because this is stupid expensive and uh, I think I started like a, some black primer jobs you know or whatever and then my it's actually funny my little brother had a 67 Nova and he actually wanted to go shiny so he bought like a saved up his money and he bought like a Lamborghini purple for a 67 Nova and I was like it's, it's crazy it's gonna look weird but he painted it that color and it was dope and he killed it like we just made a booth in the shop and he is a really nice paint job and after that I was like wow little man could do it I could do it you know so uh, obviously I stuck with it and he's just a one time guy you know but um, just by doing it like I, I found that there's a lot of a lot of ways to learn a lot of stuff and I always like the vocational approach, you know, just get your hands on something and start start making it, you know, because no matter how much you read about something or even with me, like listen about something, I'm a very receptive dude to words and like vocabulary, but I also, also like to do it myself and just see see the, the, the tolerances of stuff and what you can, what you can get away with. So. Uh, just like that, I, I remember I started painting a couple of hard hats. Um, at the time, I was living in Chico, and I had a, a old compressor where I scrapped the compressor, and I just plugged the holes, and I'd go to the gas station and just fill up the tank, you know, and I would just spray because we had like a basement in our, in our place, and I would just spray down there until my, my tank was low, go fill it up a gas station again, you know. But I was painting, like you know, like back then. Reflect. I think I was like really into sullen, you know, like skulls and roses, you know. Of course, my skulls and roses didn't look like their stuff, but it was like, it was a good place to start, you know. And then from there, I pretty much dropped any kind of uh, imagery that had to be realistic because it was too hard. <laughs> so, like, shapes and colors and depth and that stuff looks fun. Let's, let's, let's get into that. But um, there was a dude here in town that I, I went to for reference points on a lot of stuff, but for the most part, just trial and error experimenting you know i mean that's i think that's what's helped me help me the most you know it's just logging the hours you know so but no like never never worked at a body shop or never did a like a bullshit uh what do they call those uh apprentice <laughs> always i don't know i've never seen like a well shouldn't say that because just because i haven't seen it doesn't mean it exists but those apprenticeships man it's always about like you're not actually learning you're just being a turd and taking orders and hoping you catch on to something, you know, but it's a, I like just learning and, and, and to, you know, I, I like the philosophy of uh, giving stuff away to help elevate everybody. You know, it's like, I'm not one of those guys that just all learn something and then put it in the think tank and never let it back out. It's like, no man, the more everybody 
manifest ideas, the, the cooler everything gets, you know, and that's what I like about kind of stuff right now is just a lot of people doing really cool stuff on like really small scale too which i think is really neat you know so it's not like a group of like super mega rich talented individuals or whatever like big industry is leading the way it's a lot of a lot of mom and pop stuff are doing some cool stuff so i, I try to follow that philosophy of just get after it just if you want to do something do it and success will be determined by your influence in it and your experience in it so I just like doing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the funnest part, you know. I, I don't hang on to artwork when it's done because it's like the, the process is what, what what really is fun for me, you know. Yeah. I think, I think it was Bruce Gossett, but I think he was quoting someone else. He said, if you're going to start being a painter, you better like what you paint because you're going to hang on to a lot of it. Oh, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, the, like, so if you go to like a... Anthony Gonzalez, uh, try and name a bunch of them, uh, Richie Santiago, Two of my brothers, Jason and Brett, uh, Anthony Lamonis, they have all these originals that I go see and I'm like horrified, man. It's just like, oh my God, it's like orange peel and all this stuff. Cause now, you know, it's like 10 years, f f like five, 10 years later or whatever it is. I'm just like, fuck, can we, can we like trade some stuff out? But they actually appreciate their, appreciate that they're original pieces, you know, and that they're crooked ass pinstripe and stuff, you know? So it's, uh, it's neat, but. Yeah, I, I can't really hold on to stuff at the shop because like I find myself like staying stagnant there. You know, it's like I need to need to see new stuff, new ideas. You know, I mean, even if it is this, the same paints in the same medium, it's kind of neat to ma like manipulate the canvases and what you're painting, and especially now because I've, I've I've gotten to a little bit of a niche where you know you can paint surfboards you can paint sonic the hedgehog i just painted a six foot sonic the hedgehog you know so it's like really funky weird stuff you know and that's that's neat because the car stuff does get monotonous you know yeah so yeah that's cool it looks like uh, you put out a lot of work too oh yeah that's the key like i i, I that's the key for me repetition can get a bit boring sometimes but if, if you kind of infiltrate some some different canvases and even styles. Like sometimes I have fun doing the 60s style. Like I've been into ribbons for a bit, but I kind of see myself going out of those, you know, and just always being productive with what you do, you know, like really just practicing, you know, even if you don't love the end results every single time, it's more or less staying busy and kind of creating that muscle memory to, to make stuff, you know, because that's the hardest part is trying to, Trying to find a groove or trying to find a rhythm, you know. But if you stay in it, I know for me, like with with no artistic background other than painting, you know, I don't draw, I don't do much. I mean, I have a little bit of a, I think, an eye for design. Like I've helped some friends with landscaping and stuff, and it always comes out pretty cool and like making gazebos and stuff. But um, just being creative and kind of like trusting your skills, you know. Yeah, that's awesome. I really that. Uh, like comes across on the stuff you paint like yeah remember a while ago you painted uh, i think it was a skateboard or something and you had these these two sets of panels and they looked like they were a foot apart like <laughs> yeah. you had like drop shadows i think yeah. one was like a pearl the other one was mm -hmm. like a deeper sure it's so cool like to to see you coming up with new like how many ways can you paint a skateboard you know so I've, I've i think i've done over a hundred wow. like the last year or so just because they're fun and they're cheap you know, like you can buy a, a blank deck for 10 bucks. It's usually pretty pretty ready to go, you know? And then I, I, I like using the wood as a background anyway, so I got a primer on, you know? So sometimes those are fun. 
they're just and they're 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 nice little kind of brain exercises to to have bigger ideas for the surfboards and the cars and Harleys, you know, because if you paint a Harley a certain way and the owner doesn't like it or you don't like it, it's harder to wipe that off than a, than a skateboard, you know? <laughs> so, do, you, do you do a lot of bikes down here? Um, for a while, I was doing a lot of bikes, but I raised my prices. I mean, when I think the evolution of, uh, you know, quote unquote, how, how good someone got, like, I because I practiced so much, I got pretty decent pretty quick, you know what I mean? Most people, I think it... You know, they work at a body shop, they learn their skills, they experiment a little bit. And I just jumped in and was like, fuck it, let's do some graphics, you know, like I want to. So I, I learned it quick. And then, too, I mean, paintings, uh, surfboards, you know, I did a bunch of like, uh, a series of clowns, you know, like just truly done hundreds and hundreds of projects. You know, there's not like five things that like really uh, stick out on it. You know, it's just staying busy with it. And uh, what was the question? <laughs> Fucking spaced out. Just asking about bikes. Oh yeah, yeah. no. So like in the beginning, uh, I told you I'd ramble. I told you uh, no. Like I, I, I think I gave away a lot of cheap work, yeah. and which is fine, you know. But I, I realized quickly from asking around the industry and like just being being friends with other painters, like what what they charge, you know, and what's because I never want to be that guy that's you know just slicing everybody else. So I jacked my prices up over the years and. Now I've kind of put myself, whether it's good or bad, uh, it's it's hard because I hover between like the art gallery stuff and then like the, the bike stuff and they're two different crews of people really for the most part. So roundabout way of answering your question. Um, I think for me, when I put something on a bike, it's more artwork and I think some people don't see it that way. So the, the, the values are different. So I don't paint a whole bunch of bikes anymore. Like the, the ones I do paint, they're kind of outlandish. They kind of have a, you know, like a more of an artsy factor than like a maybe a trendy factor. Mm -hmm. So people are painting their bike that way because they like the art style, not because he's a motorcycle painter and I like his yeah. motorcycle painter style. You know what I'm saying? A little yeah. bit like, of course, you know, that I don't want that to ever sound like a fucking high and mighty thing because it's not, you know, but it's like I really, I like falling on that side of the unique, fun. Um, art is supposed to in, in, invoke some emotions, you know, like, um, although I re super respect the, the cleanliness and of a, of a really good lace panel or something like that, you know, mm -hmm. but I, I just, I found myself right now having a little more fun with the techniques and depth, you know, and these kind of more artsy effects, not, not stuff you tr traditionally see on, on cars and bikes. So haven't painted too many. I have two right now, <laughs> like to totally contradict myself, but, um, they're neat. They're they're kind of more, more fun than like serious, yeah, super serious builds. I want candy brandy wine with gold leaf. You know, it's not like <laughs> yeah. that. You know, they're more of like now have, have some fun, have a blast. You know, I want a bike that will kind of have a big personality, and I don't give a shit if anybody likes it. You know, so. Yeah. But yeah, so the bikes, painted a lot of bikes, and then as my style evolved, I think probably less people saw it on a bike because it happens all the time man like people will see someone else's bike oh that, i love that that's awesome i'll just never do that to my own bike <laughs> and it's like i don't know whether to like be offended or <laughs> it's a compliment but i mean i don't really i don't really care because I, I i like the creative process more you know yeah. but it's always funny people are like oh i love that but i just never do it to mine <laughs> so but not, not 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 too many bikes so the last couple of years have really been focused on artwork. So, 
That's cool. Yeah, I saw you had a it looked like a pretty big show recently. Yeah, yes, yeah, so it was like a, almost twenty five pieces of new work up in San Jose at our gallery, and it's neat. Um, surfboards, like really big paintings. Uh, mm-hmm. I made some some custom like inset shadow boxes for this uh, skateboards and had a couple mannequins and had like these really elaborate uh, impala heads on them and they're they're they're, they're fun. So that stuff is is really neat because there's like no rules or trends really. You know, like it's kind of harder because it isolates you a bit more. Like you're more of like a studio artist that you know you make your work and whatever it is, it is. You know, it's it, versus like a vocational paint shop where you're painting you know a certain style all the time so i like that part because it kind of forces me to stretch my my brain a bit you know like i think there was uh, 10 surfboards in the show and none of them really look like they're painted by the same dude and i think that's fun because that's what an art exercise should look like you know like you're stretching your boundaries and patterns and designs and you don't have like a super strict template of this is what every piece needs to look like you know so if, if there was a, a template, it would be that every piece has a little bit of its own personality with maybe the same serum flavor or whatever, you know? So I like that. I, I, I like I like being different. Not being different for attention, but being different to just stay different and stay a little bit unique to what you're offering as a, as a business, but what you're also offering as yourself, you know? Because that's how I'm gonna stay motivated is if I keep things different upstairs, you know? At the at the art shows, do you run into a lot of people who are just like not familiar with the style of painting at all? And so so now, yeah, yeah. So like the the last year and a half, it's neat. Like I've hooked up with some art galleries that really like this stuff. They run this stuff. I did a a really big restaurant down in San Diego. It was almost like a thousand square feet of painted surface. Huh. So it was like all all type of mural stuff. Um, I painted their their sink verniers. Huh. It's a steakhouse. I did a painted their bandsaw you know like totally flipped out like way more of an interior design type aspect than a a custom car thing and yeah it's neat because there's people that flow in the middle like well i've seen a low rider before i don't know the process and i've seen artwork before but it's kind of neat to see a plastic mannequin painted automotive with like some copper rings around its neck and then like I think the you know they they're almost eight feet like this crazy impala head with like some you know three foot horns so it's it's neat to catch a bunch of different demographics of people within one piece because you're gonna get a tattoo guy that might be like oh dude the way he laid out that sleeve or whatever is that that's a might be a fun fun design and you're gonna get some. Uh, I actually started working with um, a company that makes bikinis because they saw the mannequins and they're like. Hey, that's like a tasty little layout, you know? So, uh, and it's just Instagram. I don't know if it's full of shit or whatever. We'll we'll see if they come through with what they say. But, you know, like you talked about the people. It's neat because the artwork, I think, catches a whole spectrum of folks where cars are mostly mostly gearheads, you know, And, and, and chopper guys, which is cool. I mean, there's a lot of folks that transgress both, you know, but... The artwork is fun because you, you do get to have like the same conversation with an old lady, a young designer, maybe some girls that think the mannequins, you destroyed them. You know what I'm saying? And then some some dudes that are total like, oh man, look, look at that. It's cool. So it's fun to have the, the, uh, the different perspectives. 
I guess I wanted to ask about the murals. Did you did you grow up writing or no, not at all, man. I was a total jock. Huh. I was like a football player. So when I was in high school, I was really good at football, and uh, that's kind of what took me into schooling and eventually college. And then from there, it wasn't wasn't really doing what I thought I could in football, so I stopped. And I, I'd always mess with cars. My my first car was a. 1977 pickup and like I was it was like stock hype you know and it was a long bed and I was like man I was like reading reading magazines about Mustang 2 clips and stuff so I so I bought one and I saved up my money and I bought one and I put it on the truck and like next thing you know the truck's like land rocker a little monster C-notch that I totally didn't need back in the day you know but but it was fun so I, I always did cars and then uh, uh, but I, in high school and college I played football and then when I was done with that, I was like, man, I've got tons of credits. Like, I might as well do something. And art seemed pretty easy, you know. And, and I, I, I like painting and kind of style and design stuff. So I, uh, I got a degree in fine art with, like, a concentration in painting. And uh, that was that, you know. I never, like, well, the product you see is really the only thing I do. That's, like, as far as I get on do portraits um, I draw a little bit, you know, I mean, I do some text design and stuff like that, but um, I'm trying to get better at the the computer side of stuff, just because it's interesting and fun. But um, no, I was never, uh, like the figure drawing classes, I never, never drew the figure, I always just got like a thumbs up for an attempt, you know, because <laughs> it was like, nice try, dude, you know what I'm saying? Like, But I, I never, uh, I don't know, I have a short attention span, so it's, it's, uh, it's hard for me to look at something or, or or even the idea of replicating it better yeah. than it is you know like I remember one time we had this uh, model in class and she was a really older lady she had a uh, breast cancer and I think it's a double mastectomy mm-hmm. is that what it is and so she's like a really unique person to draw but it's like I mean you can't you can't create that right like better is a funny word but you you, you can't create more accurate you, you can't create that more accurate than it already is in real life you know so i i think that's why maybe i went the direction i did is playing with shapes and colors and depth and pearls and candies and flakes and stuff because it's more of a hands-on process of making something versus replicating something you know but like major hats off to people who do portraits uh card drawings you know like some of my my really good friends do a lot of that stuff and it's like hats off to them every time i'm fucking blown away because it's just how many hours you got in that portrait? Oh, 20 or whatever. And I'm like, Jesus, I've already done like 17 skateboards. <laughs> you know, it's hard for me. Like, But I mean, like I said, maybe someday when I get to a point where my brain decides to settle down a little bit, I can put some attention to stuff like that. But for now, lots of work and lots of big color and stuff like that. So, Yeah, I, I really like working with like pearls and, uh, and metallics and, and metal flake and all that because... Like, it kind of reminds me of, I don't know, back in the day when artists used to mix their own paints from pigment. Sure. Like, where it wasn't, you didn't just buy a tube of pre-made stuff or, or tattoo pigment the same way. There used to be this whole secret, like, network of people to call to get, like, you know, this toner pigment here yeah. mixed with yeah. this, like, rare earth metal or whatever. Sure, sure. You know, I like the discovery of playing with pearl, because you can make a completely unique color that you can't oh, buy out of a can. 
like my favorite thing, one of my favorite things to do is when a piece and, you know, probably give away some secrets, whatever, but I don't mind. And there might not even be secrets. Maybe that I think they're secrets, but other people are like, oh, you're a dipshit. I've been doing that forever, you know? <laughs> but it's like, one of my favorite things to do is like finish a painting and then put some, like mark off some windows or something, you know, on it. And then take a white pearl and just start adding a little bit of orange candy, a little bit of gold candy. And you start taking that white pearl into like this creamy, sherberty, weird pearl. And then, and then it, it's like you say, that's what I think the funnest part is. It's just like, man, I've never seen that color. What is that color? And that's the best compliment I think I get, I, I get from folks, like the depth, but also like, yeah, what's that color? Like, that's the funnest part. Cause I, uh, that means you stimulated something inside. I'm like, when you can walk by and be like, oh, that's pagan gold or that's ruby or brown, you know, or what is it like a sunset pearl, you know, like to me, that stuff is like really cool, really great. But there's no excitement there for me. You know, it's like, yeah. you've seen it once, you've seen it a bunch of times, you know? So I, I like playing with colors and like nothing I buy in a can stays the same. Like even if I, so say I'm going to do a series of paintings, I'll buy a gallon of silver, but I'll just dump some oriental blue in it. And now all of a sudden you have this weird kind of metallic-y, frosty looking silver that has a blue tint to it. And you just take off from there. And then when you do all your shading and stuff, so say you want a, a, you know, a darker mix of a silver, you had some purple and now you got a silver with some oriental blue with some purple, you know, so it's neat. And uh, that's actually how we did Erica's car. Erica's car was all made from the same kind of paint. So every shade of purple started as silver, but it's just got purple base added to it or purple candy added to it. Or I think we use like purple and then maybe passion purple. That's even a thing. Sounds like it's a thing, but uh, I like mixing toners. Uh, I, I use a lot of PPG dyes. I found this cool old kind of the paint store here in town. He has them, and it's neat that he's super old bottles of just PPG dye, and you just add whatever whatever colors, and they're totally different spectrum of colors than uh, like what House of Color offers. So it's neat, like House of Color's purple, and then the PPG, it's old old purple. They don't look the same, so it's kind of neat, like to get folks who are like, man, what what, what color is that? I'm like, like, I don't know. It's just really old bottle of dye, you know. So. Yeah. That's, that's probably another nice thing about doing art pieces instead of oh, man. you don't have to color match again when dude, it gets hit. Dude, <laughs> luckily, uh, well, I got some pretty cool ass folks that I work with. Like, I'm actually redoing a bagger right now. The guy laid it over, and he, had, he I mean, he had insurance and everything, so he's cool with it. But he laid it over. He's like, "Hey, keep color matching." I said, "Fuck no, we're gonna repaint the whole thing, dude. Like, it'll take me longer to color match and make it look decent than I can repaint the whole thing faster." <laughs> you know, so. Or we're repainting it, you know. I mean, and that's that's probably not the smartest thing on my end as a business owner, but I also like it because it sets that guy apart from other folks, you know. I mean, it's kind of neat to have something that nobody else has, like not for that reason, but if you like being a bit different and you like kind of not being the same, you know, it's kind of fun. But yeah, playing with colors, nothing ever stays the same, you know. Like even if I if I want an orange I'll buy a silver and a yellow and a white and I'll, you know kind of make something that's funky like that's the fun part for me so I don't you can learn a lot that way too I had a I had this it was like a big sky or a Montana uh, red I remember I bought it to do a 
like a resell red flake mm-hmm. job on something mm-hmm. <laughs> and never did it. And then I had this can of like blue high solids that I got from mm-hmm. my shop teacher in high school sure. and I mixed them together and it was like a catastrophe. Like, all right, makes you think a little bit about the chemistry sure. behind it too. Yeah. Um, the only thing I, I, I really try and do is like not use cheaper stuff because yeah. I found that's really the only time you're going to get super caught up in a paint job was like issues if you're using cheaper uncatalyzed stuff but I made some cocktails man where like I'm spraying some clear on it and I'm like literally fucking holding my breath the whole time like <laughs> what's gonna happen to this thing you know but but it's hard work and it's fun but yeah definitely um, I, I don't do that on customer people sure. stuff you know so I promise <laughs> <laughs> but on, on the artworks and, and the, the skate decks and all that kind of stuff that is the main goal to pretty much you just have fun and experiment and see um, kind of what colors you can make because some colors I'm actually colorblind so it's it's like a, it's fun to just read the cans and like make stuff happen you know so yeah I found out a few years ago that I have a like a blue green sort of problem I can't so, I can't tell them apart most of the time so blues and greens and reds and then uh, like purples I have, I have trouble with so I like think that the for whatever reason the greens and browns mm-hmm. and then uh, reds and blues and purples are really kind of skewed sometimes but it, but this it's weird because like I think other times uh, because I work with a lot of the colors like I know the makeup mm-hmm. of, of it so I can like logic tells me what it should be instead of like my eye lying to me right. <laughs> you know it's like no no I, I know that's probably this color you know because maybe someone's not going to paint something purple but it might be blue and it's like so if, if I have to guess sometimes I just get, guess blue too you know it's like blue is more of a more of a uh, probably appropriate guess than purple just because people aren't really going to paint stuff purple too much so I've gotten in trouble though before like sometimes I send pictures to my wife like hey what color is this you know <laughs> I'm like do you think it looks like this color like totally fishing you know because I'm like wow I made, you know, like the other day, I mixed the blue pearl with the green pearl. I was kind of looking for like an aqua, you know, like aqua type color. And I put it over a gray base and it just, she said, it's all red. I was like, never, it's not supposed to be red, <laughs> you know, so I don't know what happened. But I, uh, I, I have like a whole list of pictures that I send her like, hey, what color do you see here? You know, <laughs> it's a totally fishing for her. What is this, you know? But the color, the color mixing stuff is really good time. That's why I have fun. Do you still have that uh, that wagon that you were working on? Where yeah. 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 So I still have it. Uh, I just stopped because I found myself not liking it, you know, the inside. But yeah. no, I, I still have it. Uh, I body worked all the floors. I made all the interior out of metal, you know, and um, I painted it yeah. sitting at the shop, painted. But it's just now it's such a different evolution and different content with the work. It's like I wouldn't bring it out, you know. I mean, it'd be neat as like a nostalgia piece for myself but I think uh, when I get around to getting the, the wagon then it'll definitely get some some of the newer style of work you know so and I don't think I'd ever sell it so it's kind of not something that I would try and identify into a category it's just going to be a little, little shop break for me and the family you know yeah it's, it's funny how sometimes you get into a project and sometimes you get in so deep it just becomes like not very appealing to finish it and like I love to drive the old cars so Mm -hmm. fun but that one like I think financially too like because I had that uh, 
57 Ford with the green flames, with like purple green flames. And that was pretty cool. And I sold it for a good chunk of money. And then like immediately I spent all the money on the wagon. Like I bought the wagon, uh, every single trim, uh, everything, all the window rubbers. Like I literally just sat down one day and just started ordering. Like I had like empty your cart for like five grand. Like, you know, and not because... Um, I, I had the money, but I just literally sold one truck and I said, you know what? I, I definitely want to swap a car for a car. Like, I don't want to, you know, it was single this time, you know? So I was like, yeah, why not? Like, I would like another car. And, uh, but like window trims, I bought all brand new glass, all that kind of stuff. So it's all sitting there. Just need some attention, you know? But yeah, it happens. It does. I mean, I'll, 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 I'll come back to it. And at least I know when I come back to it, it's all there. So <laughs> like there's brand new bumpers in it. Um, radiator fans I put all like uh, air conditioning and heater in it you know everything but just uh, that and I think it's exactly what is, I've kind of learned my philosophy like I like to see stuff get made and find a home and it's like I don't want to sell that one so it's like it'll be the project that just takes way too long and probably won't even be that cool you know <laughs> like the, it's like a, I, thought, I thought you're actually building something you know so but it's neat that the, the tops are already all flaked out. I mean, it's got a headliner in it. It's got interior. Like, it's... Most car guys would probably laugh at me because they just think I'm lazy, fat fucking. It's just like, you need to actually get to work on your stuff. And it's like, I don't have any time, you know? So, I mean, I have time, but I'm going to spend it with my kids or doing some artwork or something, you know, hanging out with my wife, so. How old are your kids? 12, 10, and 4. Oh, so you're busy, busy? Oh, yeah, we're, we're, we're busy. We're super busy. So always something going on. And then, too, it's like I like to have fun. You know, like I try not to take life super serious. You know, I mean, it's already really serious by default. But it's like try and put as much fun in there as you can. And that's why I think I worked on building a business over, over almost 10 years. You know, and just ha- having a good time. Like I really like enjoying people. I mean, like this is a good Saturday for me. You know, like I went and worked in the morning. We're rapping right now, and it's it's a good time. And then me and my family, I think we're gonna go to the boardwalk after. So it's like I, I love staying busy, um, and just experiencing life. You know, like I, I would have a really hard time, like just uh, on a day to day. Every day is the same schedule, you know. But now I guess as I get a little bit older, it's starting to I'm starting to enjoy it a little more because it's not as fun to like work every aspect of the business you know from like telephones to emails to instagram dms to paint to you know so everything bill collector receipt writer you know what i'm saying so now it's a it's neat to kind of find a different stability and let that stuff like the the art galleries they run with all that stuff so i don't really that's nice because it's just like make work and have fun and then give us the product and we'll we'll do that stuff for you so that's a good time yeah it's a good arrangement. Yeah. Um, I mean, don't get it twisted. They take they take a, a, a healthy chunk for that service. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like I get to do what I want and just work the, work the artwork, you know? Yeah. So, and then they have connections with people that would never even look at me twice. So, <laughs> it's kind of like, keep on doing what you're doing, you know? Did I see you at a skateboard deck on a, like a movie or a TV show or something? Yeah, yeah. So, uh a couple years ago, this, this skate shop in uh, New York, they really liked my stuff, so they bought some boards, and they bought some boards since, and they just kind of keep them on the wall. It's like more of a novelty item, you know what I'm saying? I don't think folks ride them, but uh, 
trip out, the guy calls me into Uncle Funky's skate shop. And he's a really cool dude. His name's Jeff. Uh, we became buddies. And uh, call, he uh, hits me up one day. He's like, hey, this chick just comes in. Kind of didn't even look like a skater. But she was a set designer or like a prop designer or whatever for the movie. And they wanted a skate deck for the movie. So they came in and they picked this right off the bat one off the wall. And like you can barely see it in the movie. But it's like... It's kind of cool. Me and my wife went and saw the movie, and it's like there's just one part where you're like, "Oh shit, there it is!" You know, <laughs> but Ocean's, Ocean's Eight, Eight. Yeah. Awesome. yeah, yeah, it was neat. You know, I mean, it's just cool that the work is like in these little pockets of places where it's getting that kind of attention. Cause I think that's the, you know, on the on the business side of it, the making money side of it. That is the truly the hardest part. You know, it's like, how do I get my my work in the right atmosphere to potentially make like money? Like, not just money to be like, I paid for my materials and I paid for my ad fund, but like, no, I paid for my materials. Not a fucking blast, but I also paid my rent with that one, you know? So it's neat to get to that place where the work is appreciated by certain folks. And, and, uh, there's, there's people that believe that it's worth that, you know, cause that's the hardest thing with art and like, what's something worth, you know I mean? It's worth whatever someone will pay, you know? So... But, uh, but 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 that was really neat to have have that little experience, you know. So that and I mean, another cool part is just people appreciate it. Like that's what's fun to me is just, you know, someone out there really digging on it, you know. And I don't know like who kept it from the movie or whatever, but it was tight. I mean, they put some. It was like an orange board with some lace mm-hmm. and uh, like really seventies, like super funky. And uh, they put like these chrome trucks on it. And uh, like I think it was clear wheels, so it, it looked super hip. I was like, man, that's right. really cool right there. So it was pretty neat. So yeah, I had it. I can't remember what the hell the show was. Um, I used to when I was an intern, right out of or apprentice, I guess is a better word for right out of college. I was working for this wheelchair company. Mm-hmm. I try and Google this very stealthily because I can't remember sure, the name. Sure, sure. What did you gonna call it? I went to SF State. Oh, cool. So, okay, got it. So they were rebooting this old show where it's a, it's a police officer or a detective. And uh, the show's called Ironsides. You ever hear of it? Mm-hmm. So it was, a, I think it was based in San Francisco. And uh, the wheelchair that, the wheelchair company that I was working with, since they're from San Francisco, they got like the, they got to build the chair for this mm-hmm. TV show, Ironsides. Oh, that's cool. I forget who was in it. Uh, some relatively well-known TV actor, but we built the chair, and I, I was one of the ones who got to put it together, but they had those little, uh, those canes, you know, that go on the yeah. back so you push them, yeah. they made us cut those off, because they didn't want it to look like the officer needed help, <laughs> so, like, oh, okay, sure. it was really weird, the, a lot of the guys there were pretty pissed off about it, but yeah. I don't think the show ended up getting picked up, but it's, it's weird, like, oh, man. taking some mechanical thing and making it like a not really an art piece but like a thing with like a philosophy now oh sure sure so that was a trick that was well and and so sometimes that can be really hard too because like when you start repurposing other things to have a different purpose you know it's like a wheelchair with no canes for someone to push it is it even a way it's like really weird like what is that like a rocket ship you know what i'm saying so it's like when you start like taking the functionality of something like that you know like the surfboards when people see a surfboard they're like oh can I ride it I mean it's expensive but yeah you can ride the shit out of it if you want you know 
but it's like some people will laugh because they're like, well, why would I want a surfboard if I can't ride it? And the same with the skate decks. People are like, why would I want that? I don't know. I'm not telling you to buy it, you know? So if I remember correctly, the thing with the, the chair was not so much that they were pissed off having to do it. They were more of like, so you're implying that all of our customers need extra help, like, because they don't have these things cut off. Oh, like it was like, sure. Huh? I understood it. I think there was a nasty note left in one of the legs of the, the uh, wheelchair up in the frame. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. It's weird. It, it's just, it's a trip seeing what people do with something you created. Sure. Yeah, it's a trip. You still have the photo? The, which one? <laughs> you still have your photo? The 57? Yeah. That's my wife's car, but yeah, yeah, we still nice. have it. Nice. It's, uh, it's been down for a while. I mean, it's, it's flaked and paneled now. We, Tie it. We, yeah, we, we did it quick We to get it out the door. We had a, like a road trip plan. Sure. And so like all the panels had rough edges. There was a little bit of drip somewhere. So we sanded it down, sure. I think last November and it's, we took it to my buddy Mario who did the, the panels on yeah. it. He's pinstriped everything and re-cleared it. It's, nice. nice. He, he has like, he has kids and a real yeah. job now, so it's yeah. going slow, but yeah. it'll be back soon. I always like Mario's work. He's yeah, cool. he's a really talented kid. Yeah, he is, man. That's, for, like for a while there, he was pumping stuff out. I was like, man, this guy died. He's yeah. really good. I like him and uh, him and both Alex's work. They did. Yeah, they worked really well together. Yeah, they like, did. I was there when they were doing the final clear on Javier's uh, Pinto Vega wagon. Yeah. And uh, just, see, they didn't even have to talk. They were yeah. just like, you grab the hose, I'll move here, you yeah. got a flashlight here. Like, yeah. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I'm excited to see Alex's Rivy if he if he does some, some extra stuff on it with the paint. That'd be pretty neat. Yeah, I love the front end of that thing. Mm-hmm. He's really going all out with it. Yeah, it looks good. Super talented douche. I, I, I like his work. Yeah. That actually reminds me of something I was going to bring up earlier. Like one of the the first times I met Alex was at this paint shop, and he he had this galaxy for like a really short period of time, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. And it was like this beautiful like green gold pearl. Like it, it looked great. And I asked him about it. And he's like, oh, it's like a thinking if I'm giving away secrets. I think it's been long enough. <laughs> this was like 2006 or something. Yeah. He's like, oh yeah, it's like a Volkswagen green. I just dumped a shitload of gold pearl on it. Sure. It's like. Sure. I didn't even realize that was an option. Like, yeah. I think that was the first thing that really got me thinking, like, all right, I can mix pearl in and mm-hmm. make something just a little different. So I've never sure. seen a color like it. It's, yeah. it's pretty rad. No, that's a, like a lot of the, like, I'm, I'm still learning pearls, like, because mm-hmm. sometimes you can really make some, some stuff that's muddy or crystal clear. Like, I'm still learning, uh, you know, when the application is. Like, like, sometimes if you want something really opaque, you know, it, it can work for that or like for a kind of a frosted look you know but um yeah like you could take most colors and just add some pearl to that color like a lot of these new new car paint jobs like the chevy stuff like they're super chunky metallics with like a couple different colors in them and that's what a lot of them are they have like they're super expensive to make but they have like the pearls in them the metallics in them and, and i mean they look great like they're really neat neat colors for new cars but they do have a lot of effects in them they're pretty cool yeah I think back, like right before I stopped paying attention to the ham, some guy came on there and he was selling like freezer bags of Audi Pearl that he got from work or something. Oh, trip out. So I got like a gallon bag of white Pearl for like 50 bucks or something. Fuck, that's crazy. That's I still tough. got it in the garage. It looks like a bag of crack or something. <laughs> that's and, uh, pretty cool. Yeah. Whenever we're doing something and the color's not quite off, throw a spoonful of that sure. in. It's a little better. Yeah. There's a little bit of sure. dance to it or something. For sure. It's fine. On a, I have a van that I'm working on. 
I got like way, way, way too into the roof. Mm-hmm. And I ended up doing a, like it's all pink metal flake and it's got like purple fades on it. Mm-hmm. And then like cobwebbing, blowouts, and a whole bunch of crap on it. Dang. And uh, I did gold fades, like gold pearl fades around the, the windows and stuff over like a dark pearl uh, candy. Mm-hmm. It looks so rad. I was yeah. so, <laughs> oh man, I accomplished something. I could have gone ass up so easy. Dude, that's the. That, that that is the funnest part of painting, I think, man. Like, I I I did that a very similar thing one time. I did a whole bunch of graphics, and then I did like this really solid black border on the whole piece, like a three or four inch border. And I just accidentally <laughs> there was some some gold pearl in my gun that mixed with the inner coat, and I, like it went on the black. I was, oh fuck, that's pretty tight. It's like a desert goldy black looking color. And I was like, fuck, good job, dude. <laughs> you know, like you totally you're just proud of yourself for like a super accidental right. mess up because you didn't clean your gun out you know it's like cracks me up that's how it happens yeah i had an old painter friend of mine who was talking about cobwebbing sure. and he his story i don't know if it's true or not he said larry watson woke up drunk or he was drunk the night before he was in his early 20s or something and he goes out to paint this corvette and he still had paint in the gun from last night and oh, it was just true. straight lacquer no yeah. nothing and just and it shot all over it it's like, oh fuck that looks kind of cool. He just did the rest of it. Yeah. Like showed the guy, like, what do you think? And the guy flipped out. He loved yeah. it. All right. That's a new paint job. He added it to the toolkit. That is pretty cool. I, I don't know if it's just a, a good sure. story or not, but same thing. It works for me. Yeah. No, I mean, it would, it would make sense, too. I mean, that, that seems to be like a really thick lacquer is how the guys do it. I don't, I don't have one of those guns or anything, but yeah, yeah. It, it's cool shit. I, I, I like seeing them do it. It's fun. That's like my holy grail of paint. I wanted one of those bailing guns, one of those yeah. uh, circles on it. Yeah. I don't think, like, I think it was a close kept secret even back then. Yeah. And, like, every once in a while, I find myself hunting shit down. Like, sure. See these YouTube videos of, like, this hot glue gun that sprays the right circles. Yep. Like, can I get the kit from that and stick it to some. That shit cracks me up, man. You said a uh, uh, secret back then, but, like, you'll see a. Uh, uh, like Instagram painters, you know, and I call them that because I don't know them in real life, but like folks you follow or whatever, and they'll have a bailing gun. I remember, I, I totally freaking forget the guy, but he had one, and like everybody kept asking him, hey, that's pretty cool, where can I buy one? And he just would never reply. And I'm like, it's just a bailing gun. Like, I mean, if you had one, someone could do the exact same thing. Like, right. it's not like it's your technique. You bought a gun that does a product, you know? <laughs> so it's kind of cracking me up. I was like, um, yeah, I would really be impressed if you got a hot glue gun tip and mimicked a bailing gun. Right. <laughs> like, but, but it's like to, to get the gun and get the tip and pull the trigger, it's like. Yeah. I was experimenting one time. I took a, a like a cordless drill. Sure. And I built this offset sort of. Uh, Oh, I had a one of those. What do you call it, like a fly cutter that's for drilling big holes without a yeah. hole saw. It's like yeah. a straight thing with two blades mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. And I pulled one of those off, and I attached a uh, like a syringe to it, full of sure. paint with a rubber band on it. Fuck so yeah. I pulled the trigger. This thing, like I let this go. The whole thing, it, was, it didn't work at all, and it was way too fast. The thing ripped apart. But yeah, but you, it's close to having that's, something. That's points for creativity. Right there. <laughs> the rubber band and the syringe. That, that Alex, I was kidding. That's pretty good. That's pretty good with that. Right. And I was even googling like, you know, those graffiti artists who drip like sure. glue on the ground. Sure. If I could do that well, I could fake it on a flat surface. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that that one's a mystery to me. I guess yeah. it's just buying the right gun. And I mean, the 
guys I see doing it that it looks really, really good are the guys with the railing gun. So <laughs> it's like, kind of leads me to believe, you know, if you can find the gun, then you can do the product, you know? Right. So cobwebbing, I understand. I think mm-hmm. cobwebbing just by in the right paint, like mm-hmm. getting old dried out lacquer. Yeah. Heard stories letting paint sit out until it's a little oh, thicker, yeah. but veiling thing with the circles, like, a, yeah. like on the, the gypsy road is covered mm-hmm. with a. I, I got to figure out how to do that. Yeah. No, I'm sure you could you could create a market if you, you made a new one. <laughs> yeah. That's true. I looked into it. I was like, man, I can figure this out. I can yeah. design this. But yeah. I mean, it seems like every six months I'll get like really hot yeah. on that idea. I was looking even just a week or so ago. They had these dual, uh, dual pot spray guns on mm-hmm. eBay I was looking at. Mm-hmm. I imagine if you're doing like a base coat blend, you could do your two colors in that and just psh, psh, between the two oh, yeah. triggers. That'd be trippy, huh? And I can't figure out what else you'd use those for. Yeah. Besides just putting down a lot of material at once. That'd be super trippy to alternate colors like that. Yeah. There's got to be something you could do with that. Yeah. Do you see those pictures from like the, the Watson Museum? He has like, like paint guns with a ton of tips on them, like mm-hmm. ones that look like they spin. Mm-hmm. That guy spent a lot of time experimenting. Sure. But, but I think that's why he has the kind of, uh, what do you call it, respect he does. Because yeah. it's like he, he just was doing some truly unique stuff for that, that time, you know. Definitely. I think that's pretty cool. And the fact that now, what is it, 50, 60 years later, whatever, people are still trying to m- mimic it and have that, that style is, is pretty cool. That's when you know you, when you were truly ahead of your time, you know. Definitely. Some of those pictures, you just want to like reach through them and feel it. You yeah. know, I've, yeah. I've had those questions. Like we were trying to get the 57 smooth. Mm-hmm. Like, man, I bet you most of these panel paint jobs we grew up looking at are like, you can rub your fingernail over the edge of them. Yep. Like, sure, they're all flawed. Like, oh, yeah. You see some of Roth's fade jobs and it's mm-hmm. like, man, they look great on a magazine cover about sure. three inches wide. But yep. that we've gotten uh, gotten used to a very achievable high level of, of symmetry success mm-hmm. and that we now have the ability to do like really technically challenging paint that we didn't sure. used to so it is funny looking back to the past for the, oh yeah to see what they did but it's not the same material it's not no not at all well there's some guys uh, there's a guy here in town he does uh he does graphics but he has really got into the waterborne stuff and in san Diego county you don't have to be waterborne yet Oh, yeah. yeah, so you can oh. still buy, you know, your thing and all that stuff. Sure but, uh, dude, a lot, <laughs> a lot of people do. And, um, but he says the waterborne stuff fades incredibly better than, you know, and all your thing stuff. He was like, dude, if you can switch your systems over, you know, it's kind of pricey or whatever, but that's everything. Yeah. He, he loves the waterborne stuff. Like, he, for it, he said it dries right off the bat. Like, you get, you get better fades, everything. So, there's always like newer technology and something something different, you know, that that uh, some new effect or whatever. You got any new stuff in the works you're excited about? Let's see, I bought a <laughs> I bought a it's for myself, but I bought a arcade game, a pirate ship arcade game All right. from the Santa Cruz Beach, Beach Boardwalk, and I want to put it in a parade, the Hall Street, a little downtown parade, a little lights on celebration. And I thought it'd be pretty tight to a. It, I mean, it's a big pirate ship. Like, I could sit in it and drive it. Wow. <laughs> so I was like, man, if you could get, like, one of your longboards 
and put wheels on it. Then, you know, the kids could like surf on that thing and I could just drive this whole pirate ship around. It'd be a pretty fucking cool little circus, you know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> but, but I want to paint it all up and everything and it, it, it would look pretty cool. So, but uh, no, I, um, I look forward to working, doing some projects like that. You know, like now that, you know, I have a few different uh, resources for, for selling work. I feel like maybe some projects can come to life that will have a second life with somebody else, you know, because, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people do it with cars. You know, some people build cars to sell. They, 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 you know, paint them a certain way or build them a certain way that they know will sell or they, they go the opposite and build it where it'll be hard to sell. You know, I remember Eric and Anthony actually had a little trouble getting big money for the car because it was purple and it was great. And a lot of people loved it, but, you know, I, I think they had a buyer that was like, oh yeah, I'd love it if it wasn't purple, you know, if it was just white or silver or whatever, the same, same look. But, uh, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to some art projects like the pirate ship. And then I have some, a couple airplane wings that I want to paint oh, at the shop. Yeah. So some, some neat stuff. And, you know, those opportunities kind of came through the art galleries, having a little more influence in the work and some ideas and, and oftentimes just having the outlet for it, you know, because need to paint something but if I know it's going to sit in the shop for a year there's no point but I know if there's a home for it right away it's like okay let's do, let's do that you know like like this piece you know it's like yeah. I wouldn't do it and let it sit around the shop but I would do it if I knew that a week later it was going somewhere you know so that's kind of neat like and that's why I like the work not sticking around because you can really kind of cater your work schedule to those kind of projects that's awesome Arcadian reminded me um, there's like a broken down like uh, fair ride on the way here. It was like one of the swing boat things. Oh yeah. And uh, I thought about those clown things you were painting, sure. like the, the sure. trash cans, which from there reminded me like amusement parks, like uh, like bumper cars and stuff like that. Yep. There's a lot of custom paint that goes into all that stuff too. So there is. There's a ton of it. There's actually a guy about an hour and a half south mm -hmm. in Panoch Valley. Mm -hmm. He has a full bumper car set up at his house. Yeah. Some Uber rich dude from the Bay Area. Like, he just owns a ranch down there. But we're going to start painting all the bumper cars. No shit. Yeah, he owns, some, he owns a, a construction company in, in San Jose. And he, he, he lives down there. And he wants, he, he, uh, I painted some windmills for him. And he, he now wants to start doing these, these bumper cars like one at a time with all these big chunky metallics and flakes and stuff. And oh, that's going to be fun. Oh, dude, it'd be a fucking blast. That'd be <laughs> crazy, you know? So, but they're all fiberglass needs and work. And he actually bought them in Mexico. So, kind of a neat little story in them, you know? Yeah. But yeah, it's it's completely bananas. Like, you drive down middle of nowhere and this dude has like a full-on little, little ranch down there with anything and everything you'd want. It's cool. But like the the randomness of projects is, is like that's another fun thing too because this guy here I I, I paint a windmill for him with some signage and then he's like, well yeah I just happen to actually have some bumper cars. Well that's pretty weird. How many do you have? And I got twenty. I'm like fuck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. I guess I'm not surprised. You know. But that's I think what's neat is that it's always just different stuff. You know, especially the last couple of years it's like, you know, you're not really painting the same of anything. You know, it's yeah. fun. Yeah, that's cool. I imagine with, with doing the different projects, like the, the mannequins and, mm -hmm. and stuff that's not just a sure. spray panel, you, sure. you're finding people coming to you with a lot of sure. stuff like well, that. that. And I think it's just as simple as folks might have something they like, but they didn't know it was paintable, you know? So, like, the mannequins are plastic, you know? So, I think uh, what's neat about showcasing those types of things is 
somebody will see it and be like, well, I have this crazy old lamp. Like maybe that'll take some paint, you know? So I feel like not sticking to just one, uh, one thing as the cars or the roofs or just pinstriping or whatever by kind of tweaking the equation a little bit. That's what's gotten me some of the really neat jobs that I've been doing, you know? So versatility, I guess. Like, I mean, that that's what I think, I think folks look for in a, in a, in a, a creative artist or like a creative business, you know I mean? They don't, they want their project to have a lot of personality, you know? Right now. Jesus, we already did a, an hour and 10. Goes by quick. It does go by quick. I told you I rambled. I rambled. That's no problem. I'm, I'm here for it. So. Nice. Anything else you want to cover? Uh, mm. yeah, do you have anything big, big coming up? Like another art show or anything like that? I have an art show next month in, uh, in Carmel. Okay. It's pretty neat. A lot of the surfboards are going over there. Um, it's pretty cool. There's just a lot of artwork out there right now. It's pretty, it's pretty neat. Oh, this is kind of cool. Like, just my... I don't know, just because it makes me smile. I actually get a little emotional about it. But earlier this year, Shepard Ferry, he bought a board for me. That was oh, pretty wow. cool. Yeah, that was pretty tight. So I, I had some work in a in a show that was at his gallery. And I was like, hey, I want my work back, man. Like, you guys have taken forever. Like, And, oh, no, he bought it. I was like, oh, shit, that's cool, you know? So, yeah, so um, as far as, as, as big stuff, like, I, I really want to focus on stuff like that. You know, I, I want to dedicate more time to to these bigger projects and you know the it, it might be a bummer i think um, as a business you know there might be less frequency of stuff to see but i think the projects are just going to be like what the fuck like what you know so like the last I, i've done a big sonic i have some other big sculptures in the work you know that restaurant so there's a it's kind of some bigger picture stuff that i want to want to start focusing on and just having fun i mean i don't ever want to like uh stick to a formula you know i mean you can only do like even surfboards right now like i've done probably about 25 this year and it's just like you know it's just one shape you know i mean yeah you start messing with shapes and start doing some fun things with them but the the funnest part is kind of moving around the stuff so i have some airplane wings in the shop that i think those have a home already so those will be fun to paint but just having fun you know it'll be a good time do you have any advice for uh for up-and-coming painters that want to learn the same tricks and just do it you know ain't nothing to it but to do it you know i mean it's um of course if depending on what you want to do with it but i mean buy some paint and get after it and it doesn't have to be the super expensive you know 280 dollars for a quart paint but just start having fun like oddly enough i've gone back to like craft stores michaels and stuff like i'm doing a painting right now it's completely like hand styles with water-based paint and I'm going to start doing some candies and I want to give it like this really buried kind of marbleized look, but it's just playing with the materials, you know, like learning what they, what they can and can't do. So the, the best advice is to just do it. Like you can look at as many Instagram posts as you want. You can waste a bunch of time, you know, apprenticing for someone that over time wants to give you their top secret secrets. But it's like at the end of the day, if, if you just want to paint, just go fucking paint. You know, that's what it is. Like, go buy some paint and make it happen and learn and, you know, study other people's work. Like, there's not a whole bunch of truly original work anymore. Sure. I mean, everybody has a reference. Like, you know, I think I have an older reference of 60s, 70s style work. But, I mean, aside from a few folks where it's like, holy shit, you're doing something that no one's done. Like, I'm, I, I was just turned on to this dude 
Dude, drawing a blank on his name. But, like, some of his work, I'm like, fuck, I didn't even realize how hard I bit your style, dude. You know, like, <laughs> he's a he's an old chopper painter. Man, he's old down in Fresno. He's not even alive anymore. But anyways, it was, like, all pearls. It's it's completely all pearls. And some of my stuff, and, like, and, and, uh, and ribbons. I was like, what the fuck? Like, how did you, how'd you do this? <laughs> you know? But uh, back to the advice, just do it, you know, like. You can talk about doing something for a long time, but fucking hard. Ooh, right. heard you, dude. That was that was, that was good, right there. All right, that was good. But yep, just go buy some paint and do it, and you're gonna learn along the way, you know. And sometimes the paint can be expensive, but it's also a good a good way to learn, I think. So, Makes sense. Unless you want to come to the shop and just hang out, I don't want to keep any secrets. I don't like that kind of stuff, so. It's 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 always funner to create a dialogue and like I'm gonna learn a lot from something like that too. So I I really like collaborative efforts on things like that. You know, and I don't I think uh, I think it's annoying folks that want to just keep something and harbor it the way it is. It's like put it out there. Let's all make it better. You know, or something like that. I mean, that's that's what I try and do is just get a a high tide lifts all boats. You know, so it's like if everybody can can kind of elevate their game and, 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 and get better. It's all going to be good, you know? So I like that. Right on. Thank you very much. Sweet. Of course, man. Of for sure, dude. For sure. Well, all right. There it is. Episode 21. Thank you so much, Phil. And thank you for listening. Man, I had such a blast down on Hollister. It's such a cool town. I showed up a little early for the interview, so I had time to walk around and check out downtown there. And it's so cool. Like on every street corner, it's either a historic biker bar, a tattoo shop, a barber shop, motorcycle shop, auto body shop. And then on top of all of that, there's there's derelict farm trucks and motorcycles and project cars just everywhere you look. It's such a rad place. I really enjoy it. Hollister is not that far from the Bay Area. And it's really a shame that I don't make it down that way more often. Although, (laughs) I did manage to pick probably the worst weekend there is to drive down to Hollister, because I picked the weekend of the Gilroy Garlic Fest, so uh, I had a hell of a time getting out of there. But I still had a great time, so thank you so much, Phil. Thank you, Hollister, and thank you, Gilroy Fuckfest, for, uh, for all that. So this episode was a lot of fun. Next episode is also going to be a lot of fun. We'll have, um, uh, okay, I don't plan these in advance, but I can promise you this. It will be awesome. And if not, no, fuck that. It'll be awesome. I have promised. All right. I'll see you next time. Enjoy.